Well, as you can see, we are going to take a small break from our study in the Gospel of Matthew as we have been looking at the teaching of Jesus. We will come back to that series in just a few weeks. Uh, but from time to time, as we have these larger series, I like to be able to break them up with some smaller uh, series along the way. And uh, for this uh, se- short series, I wanted to have something uh, called Stormproof, which is basically the idea of preparing for life's difficulties before they happen. One of the things that God is always trying to help us with is to get prepared for the hardships and suffering and difficulties that can come in life. And, and, and we're used to that living down here about the need for preparation before things happen. We, uh, we About the time you get toward the end of May, our TVs are all going to go crazy about how you better have everything you need. You need to get all your water. Make sure you've got your generator. Make sure you've got your wood and your food and your supplies and make sure it's stacked to the ceiling and make sure you're all good to go. But if you've been through a storm, you know why they do that. Because if you wait For the day before the storm, or maybe even a few days before the storm, you can't buy any of that. (laughs) It's not going to be there for you. You need to have it beforehand. And God is constantly saying that about his wisdom and his instructions, that you need to have these preparation tools in place before the storm comes. Because your life will be hit by storms and you might be hit by many major ones. Jesus even said that in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house Yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on rock. Now, when you read that, especially if you grew up in the pews, you might be singing the song. But slow down and read what it's saying there. Puts into practice these words of mine is wise. By contrast, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. God has no interest in us being unprepared to face life's hardships. And one of the great things you have is that the book of Proverbs sets forward for us these preparation pictures to make us ready for life storms. Now, don't worry, we're not going to go through all the Proverbs, not even remotely many of them, just a few of them, and I, because I want us to see just some of the introductory pictures that God gives about how you can prepare your life for the storms that are going to come and the hardships and the suffering that you will ultimately face in life. One of the things to consider when you think about just the book of Proverbs as a whole is that if you've ever looked at them, and if you want, you can kind of scan at them for a minute, The Proverbs don't really actually get started until chapter 10. It's in chapter 10 that you start reading the one-liners that are those memorable Proverbs. And it's from chapter 10 through chapter 29 that you have those Proverbs. Which makes something somewhat fascinating. 
God, for nine chapters, is trying to convince people for the need to learn the Proverbs, which says a lot about us. Nine introductory chapters about here's why you need wisdom. Here's why my Proverbs are helpful. Here's what instruction looks like and why you need them. Nine chapters of it before you finally get into chapter 10, which says these are the Proverbs of Solomon, and he starts laying them out. And so I think it's important to note the reasoning behind it as God is going to persuade us to desire to live a life that is worthy of his calling and seeing that by doing so, it is going to prepare us for the hardships that life can give to us. So let's listen to these Proverbs again as the introduction to tell us the purpose of what God intends with these. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, in justice and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. I want you to notice the purpose here that that's given here. And it's a it's a pretty multifaceted purpose is that here is God saying, I'm going to give you these words so that you can know wisdom, so that you can know instruction, that you can have understanding and you can have grasped the insights of the wise so that you can gain instruction and prudent behavior and be able to live wisely and shrewdly in life to know how to live and do what is right to know how to live a fair and just and honorable life all of these are pictures that the introduction of this book gives i want you to be able to understand to know to grasp, to have insight, to have awareness, to live a right life, to be able to live fairly and justly. These are all the pictures that are ultimately given to us. Now, sometimes when we think about the idea of wisdom, I think in our culture <clears throat> and perhaps in our minds, we might make an equation to, well, wisdom equals knowledge. And wisdom is, is much more vast uh, than that. And, and the working definition that I would like for you to have when you read the word wisdom as we go through these next few lessons over the next few weeks is essentially this idea is that it is a picture of living skillfully, insightfully, and successfully before God in this world. Wisdom is much more than just knowledge, it's having the practical ability to live skillfully, to be able to live insightfully and to live successfully before God while in the world here today. And that is a, a, a pretty functional and important idea. If I were to tell you, here's how you can live skillfully in this world. And here's how you can live with insight and knowledge and with success. I think everybody would raise their hand and go, yeah, that would be really useful. 
I could use that kind of information in my life, how to navigate life with God's wisdom before me so that I could be skillful, so it could be insightful, and it could be successful. That's how these Proverbs open. These exist to give you that kind of wisdom and that kind of knowledge. And I want you to also notice as you look in at verses uh, 4 and 5 here that there is a usefulness that is given. Sometimes we might think of wisdom and go, yeah, that person that I know really needs wisdom. <laughs> you know, they really, uh, they just got it messed up. And if they just had some wisdom, they would really get it figured out. And I want you to notice in verses 4 and 5 that there is a vastness to the usefulness of the Proverbs. You will notice that it begins by saying those who are the simple or those who are the inexperienced, it's going to give them the shrewdness and the, and the, the prudence that they need. So you say they don't really have a lot of experience in life. They really don't have that kind of common sense and understanding of the way the world works. This is going to give them that shrewdness. This is going to give them what they need. But I want you to notice he goes a little bit further and also says that to those who are of youth in verse four, he says this is also to give them knowledge and discretion to be able to have discretion is a really important idea. The ability to discern the way you should go, the ability to discern the right path, the right decision that is put before you. I have always said it is amazing that in our society that between the ages of 18 and 22, we make some of the most life changing, important decisions that you will ever make. That will forever set your life on a particular trajectory that you cannot reverse. And we're supposed to do that at 18 to 22 years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to the youth, discretion and knowledge. You are making huge decisions about your career and who you're going to marry and where you're going to live and what your trajectory of life is going to be. This is going to give you the discretion and wisdom that you need. But you'll notice in verse 5, he also says, don't think that if you already are wise, that this has nothing for you. He says there in verse 5, let the wise hear and increase in their learning, which I love this. God doesn't say, you know, at some point there's a cap to wisdom and then you might as well just set the Bible down and go, well, I've got it. I've got wisdom. I've got it all figured out. I know everything that I need. He says, even the wise can still increase in their learning. And I love that picture there. The one who understands, for end of verse 5, obtain guidance. Here they already have understanding. They already have wisdom. And, and God says, I can give you more. I can give you even more guidance, more direction, more understanding, more discretion, more knowledge. So there is a point here that is being made as this, this book opens to say that it doesn't matter where you are in life, and it really doesn't even matter how old you are, and it doesn't matter how wise or inexperienced you are, this book has much for you. This book will give you knowledge and insight and discretion and wisdom and understanding. <laughs> So that you can live skillfully, insightfully, and also be able to live before God successfully in this world. That's the picture that this book is trying to get at.
Now, I want you to notice how uh, the writer here, Solomon, tells us in which this all begins. How does this all start? You'll notice in verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. You will notice that wisdom, instruction, and knowledge are all being used together right here. And I want you to see that where does everything begin? It all begins, according to God, by having a fear of him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom, the start point to live skillfully, to live insightfully and successfully before God is fearing God. Now, I think this is important to think about for a minute. Here is God making this offer that I can give you this wisdom and insight and knowledge and discretion and understanding everything you need to live skillfully for life. And I want you to think about this question just for a minute. Where today, where does the modern person today, where are you able to turn to be able to get instruction and guidance and discipline and insights and knowledge and moral judgment and discernment? Tell me where you're supposed to go. TikTok, right? All the things that you need to know for life, insight, success, social media, television. I mean, seriously, where do you go to find the wisdom necessary to live skillfully before God? And you might chuckle, but friends, where do you think everybody's going and getting their instructions, guidance, discipline, and wisdom, and knowledge, and moral judgment. Facebook, of course. That's, that's clearly the place to look. Google, that's, that, that will give you everything you need. The news, that certainly keeps everything straight and honest and fair. Uh, where are you going to turn? I thought, you know, there was a day, this, this will date me, but you might remember that I think they're, they're still there, but they're not as plentiful as it used to be, but... You want to know where wisdom used to be found was in the magazine racks as you checked out at the grocery store. Right across at the, it was, you know, there was never a sports issue that was there. It is always these crazy ones that are about life. And I thought, I'm just curious. Do those magazines still do that where they are intending to try to give you life direction and discernment and wisdom? To my delight, they still are. So I thought I would share some of them with you just to help you see this is the wisdom of the world at the grocery store trying to help you. Astrology says this is when you're going to fall hard. And I believe the context of the cover was fall hard in love. So astrology will tell you, just pay attention to that and you're going to know. When you're going to fall hard in love. This is not a typo. No matter your starting point, we got inspo for you. <laughs> Wherever you're at. Inspiration. Yeah, inspiration. <laughs> inspo. Got to be modern, guys. Come on. <laughs> Can't even say you. It's ya. <laughs> How to succeed in 2023. Proven ways to think bigger and act bolder. I can only imagine what's inside of that. Or my favorite for me for this year, get gorgeous, feel fabulous. This is the wisdom that our world has. 
And that's why it's a legitimate question. Where are, is the modern person supposed to go? To get knowledge and discernment and instruction and wisdom and insight and moral judgment? Where are they going to go? Well, apparently if I get gorgeous, I will feel fabulous. And then that will just solve all of my problems. They've got the inspo for me for 2023. I want you to understand what Solomon is saying here is... If you really desire wisdom and direction and understanding and guidance and insight and knowledge, there's really only one place to go. Where else are you going to go for life direction except the word of God? And that's why he says the fear of the Lord is the beginning. It is the beginning of wisdom. It is the beginning of knowledge. And this is an important foundation. Our view of God and our knowledge of him is the foundation for all of our logic and reasoning that we have in this world. Your perception of God colors everything about how you look at at, at this world. And so how we look at the world and how we look at our lives then really is directly colored by the knowledge of him. Now, the reason why that is important is because every single one of us has been given, shall we say, a certain lens by which we look at the world. And a lens by which we look at life. And those lenses come as an adding together from all sorts of sources. For example, your parents tried to teach you what was the right way, according to their understanding and knowledge. And they gave you that lens. Here's how you're supposed to look at the world. Here's how you're supposed to look at yourself. This is your lens on how to look at things rightly. But here's the question. How do you know that they were right? And when you went to school, the schools did the same thing. They tried to teach you how to look at yourself right, how to look at others right, and how to, how to look at the world rightly. And you got that lens from them as well. But how do you know they were right? And you know the pressure of friends. They gave you a lens. You learn from them certain attitudes, behaviors, characteristics, the way to look at people, the way to look at yourself, the way to look at the world. And they were imposing a lens upon you that you adopted. How do you know that their lens is right? And even today with television and our modern media, they are also trying to give us a lens by which we look at the world and look at ourselves. How do we know if they're right? Everybody's giving us a lens to look at the world. The the news gives you a lens. Social media gives you a lens. Your parents already gave you a lens. Your friends gave you a lens and still give you a lens. Your education gave you a lens. You've been thrown all these lenses to look at the world. So how do you know what's right? How do you know how you're supposed to see things? And that's what God is trying to tell us right here. God is saying... That the only way to see rightly comes from fearing the Lord. Or to say that another way, and I think this is important to think about. If we don't know God, we can't look at life correctly. The fear of the Lord is the beginning 
So without the fear of the Lord, I cannot look at life correctly. Now, I'll illustrate that idea in in a minute. But I want us just to think about the importance of, of, of that idea, because I think what God is trying to show us is here's life and all the things that are going on. And we lack the wisdom and the direction and the instruction to put the pieces together properly to make sense. I just gave you a visual. Your your parents gave you lenses, puzzle pieces. Here you go. Use these. And the schools gave you lenses and puzzle pieces and said, here, use these. And then if you grew up in, in the pews, here's some more lenses and some more puzzle pieces. And then your friends, here's some more lenses and some more puzzle pieces. And then the news and television, here's some more lenses and more puzzle pieces. And here we are trying to put all these pieces together and look through things properly. And God is saying that you can't look at it properly it's not going to make sense because you don't have the wisdom and the directions and the instructions needed to put the puzzle pieces together have you ever tried to put a puzzle together without the lid that's not fun and you can sit there and go yeah that color looks like it matches that color but it's not working and i don't have a lid i don't have the wisdom i don't have the guidance i don't have the instructions to help me put the pieces together. And so then if you're like me, you just start you know, beating it into place and you're going to just make it work because it looks like it should work right there. But you don't have the, the, the wisdom necessary to understand how it's going to fit. That's the explanation that God is trying to give to us. I'll illustrate it a, a, another way. One of the things that's popular in our society right now that I, I certainly enjoy is there are movies that once you get to the end of the movie you realize that you everything that you thought about the movie was completely backward and you almost have to go re I think they do it so you have to rewatch the movie you you rewatch this movie and everything is going one direction and then you get to the end and you go oh the kid was dead now I've got to rewatch the movie because it turned out everybody was dead, but this guy, oh, I, I, it's so weird. Now it just changes your whole perspective. It flips over. There are so many movies and so many TV shows that try to run this one direction and everything looks like it's making perfect sense. And at the end, they do this little twist and go, oh, wait, you weren't seeing it right at all. Look again, and now you see it right. Now, the funny thing about that is, if I told you at the beginning of a particular movie, the kid's dead, you'd go, nah. You'd never believe it. I could sit there all day and go, the kid's dead, the kid's dead. The kid ain't dead. The guy's dead. He's not dead. And it takes all of that time and understanding to go, oh, okay. Kid's dead. Got it. This is the whole point of what God is trying to get at. You want to know why the world thinks our faith is backward? It's because they're looking at the lens wrong. And if you've ever sat back and go, I don't understand why they do what they're doing in the world. Here's why. They're looking at a different direction than we are. We have been given the directions and guidance and wisdom on how to look at life. They have their lenses on how they're looking at life. And they look at us and go, you don't make any sense. And remember, Jesus even said that. They're going to hate you for following me. Why? 
Because we're not going to live life the way they do. They're going to look at it and go, what you're doing doesn't make sense. And of course, we sit back and go, what you're doing doesn't make sense. Why does it not make sense to each other? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning. The fear of the Lord is the start point. Without the fear of the Lord, you cannot put those puzzle pieces together properly. You are not going to see things clearly. But what's interesting is we all think we do. And I hope that movie illustration will hold in your mind. You thought for an hour and a half, you saw clearly. And then it took somebody to go, and you went, oh, I don't see clearly. Now I got to look at it again. This is the idea of what God is saying about the fear of the Lord. And when you read the fear of the Lord here, don't read that as, okay, the beginning of knowledge is being scared of God. It is not the idea, nor is it even the idea of reverence and awe, but it is an idea that says, my reverence and awe and fear of God leads me to submit to God. That is what the fear of the Lord is always talking about in Scripture. It is not just simply, oh, I think God's amazing. Oh, isn't he neat? He sure is big. He sure is powerful. Okay, I have all of him. But it is always depicted as leading to submission. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 12, And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God? Well, what does that mean? (coughs) To walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and the statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. And you might remember that you were told in Isaiah's prophecy that Jesus would delight in fearing the Lord. And what did that mean? His delight was to listen to God. That was his delight. Fearing God means... I'm going to listen to what God says because he's got the lid to the puzzle box and I've got to listen to how he's putting the pieces together for me. So a a key point for us here in trying to understand how to see life correctly is that skillful living, insightful living and successful living before God in the world only comes from knowing and trusting God. That's the only way it's going to be found. And I think it's important to point out that he says the fear of the Lord is what is needed, the knowing of God and the trusting of God. And I think that's important because there are people who can say, well, I'm a Christian, but you know, they don't look at life right. Because it's not just I'm a Christian, it's knowing and trusting God. That's seeing life correctly. You have to be involved in knowing God and loving God and submitting to God and trusting in God. And only when a person does that will these pieces now make sense of how to put them into place. I want to encourage you, if you are not submitting to God, fearing God, trusting God in that way, then when you look at things and you say, what you're doing here doesn't make any sense, I want to say to you, that's right. It doesn't. That's exactly right. You're still watching the movie the wrong way. And it requires trusting God to be able to unlock how to look 
and what God's trying to show us and how to live life successfully, skillfully, and insightfully. Listen to how the New Testament told us this in so many ways. The New Testament's filled with trying to tell us this. Here's the Apostle Paul. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of complete understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. Now watch what he says. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Where are you going to find guidance, wisdom, discernment, knowledge, insight, understanding? Notice Paul said it's all in Christ and nowhere else. You're not going to find it anywhere else. Paul, a little bit uh, earlier to the, to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 21, For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand a sign, and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. If you want to understand life, it has to start with the fear of the Lord. In Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Wisdom resides there. Finally, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 6. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before ages, before the ages for our glory. Three things I want you to take away from what the Apostle Paul said about wisdom in, in those three passages. Number one, all wisdom and all knowledge are in Christ. That should just hit us right in the forehead. All true wisdom for life is in Christ. Second, Paul said, the world through its wisdom doesn't know God or his wisdom. Which means if you follow the wisdom of the world, you're not going to see God right. And if you follow the wisdom of the world, you're not going to see the world right. And if you follow the wisdom of the world, you're not going to see other people right. And sadly, without the wisdom of God, but following the wisdom of the world, you're not going to see yourself right. And that explains a lot of what we see going on. You're not going to see yourself right. You're not going to see other people right. You're not going to see the world around you right. And you're not going to see God right. It's impossible. And that's what Paul is saying. The wisdom of God is not compatible with the wisdom of the world. Far too often as Christians, we try to take the wisdom of God and the wisdom of the world and try to figure out some way to slam them together. And God's saying, the wisdom of the world doesn't get you anything with me. Remember what Paul called it? Foolishness. 
The wisdom of the world is foolishness. It is not wisdom at all. The world will run around saying, this is wise, this is smart, this is direction, this is the way you need to go, this is insight, this is understanding. And God goes, no, it's not. All wisdom and all knowledge are found in Christ. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the beginning of knowledge. Friends, if we don't start with the fear of the Lord as the basis We're going to continue to look at the world the wrong way, just like watching the movie the wrong way. You're going to miss the whole intent and you're going to miss all the direction and all the guidance and all the insight and all the understanding because the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Without the fear of God, it is impossible to see life correctly. Without the fear of the Lord as the beginning, it is impossible to see life correctly. Please underscore that truth. First seven verses, God in the Proverbs is saying, if you don't start with me, it will not make sense. You will think it makes sense, but it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. Let us then stormproof our lives by starting with the knowledge of God. To seek him, to trust him, to believe in his ways because he is the one who has made us. He's given the directions. Where else should we turn for true understanding except the creator, except the one who made us? We probably ignore that little book in the glove compartment of your car, but if you want to know how to make your car work the way it's supposed to go, there's this funny little book that they give you. And why should you listen to it? Well, because they're mean people are trying to tell me I have to do stuff. No, because they made the car and they know how the car runs. And they know what to do to maximize the car. And God gave you a book. And he's not trying to keep you from joy. He's trying to give you joy by saying, if you will listen to me, you can have skillful living, successful living, and insightful living before God in this world. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father. Thank you for giving us your wise words. Thank you for trying to show us over and over again that your ways are the way to life, that you have the knowledge that we need to see the world properly, to see you properly, to see others properly, and to see ourselves properly. Lord, thank you for your words, and I pray that we would live our lives in full submission and trust in you, that we would believe the words that you have told us, that we would hear what you are trying to teach us, so that we would live a life that is skillful before you, that is successful before you, and insightful before you. Lord, we want wisdom, we want discernment, we want understanding, we want insight and discretion. And Lord, we pray that you would give it to us 
And Lord, we pray that we would look to your word and to your will so that we would have more of that in our lives. Lord, forgive us for when we have listened to the wisdom of the world. Forgive us for when we have tried to find our counsel in foolish places rather than seeking you with all of our heart. And Lord, I pray that as we think about these words today, that we will make a decision today to listen to what you have to say and to allow it to be the lens of our lives so that we can see all things properly. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We will sing an invitation song and I invite you to come to come to Jesus. Now, here's, here's my invitation to you. If those 30 minutes made no sense, would you talk to me afterward? Because that's the whole point of the lesson. These things don't make sense until you come in contact with the knowledge of God. It's all going to look upside down and nonsensical. So don't walk away not understanding, but would you come and talk to me or talk to Dan and we can set up a time that we can express these things to you so that you can have the right lens to be able to see life clearly, to be able to have the insight and success and understanding that God wants you to have. This is why he gave us his word. We want to give that to you today. But if you know what you need to do, if you're ready to come to Jesus, follow him with all of your heart and trust in him, confessing him to be the son of God who died for your sins, be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins. We'd love for you to do that today. You can let one of us know that you want to do that or you can come forward now while we stand and while we sing.